Hello, everybody. This is Michael. I just want to really hammer home the fact that this is not exactly what you'd call a family-friendly episode. So, if you're a casual listener and you don't necessarily want to get into the nitty-gritty of Chub Chaser sex, uh, maybe skip the Valentine's episodes. We'll be back next week with our regular scheduled programming. Thank you. Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we love to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. You see, it's a Valentine's Day episode, so we love to talk oh, about Oh, God. Th- yeah, so, I went there. It's He's a so good start cool. already. Right. <laughs> Hi, my name is Don. I am a chubby guy living here in Los Angeles, and I'm a loving guy. Oh, mm. how sweet. My name is Dan. I'm a chubby chaser, and I talk about things that uh, intersect with fatness and sexuality. I'm Trevor. Um, I'm fat and I love love. And I am Michael. I am a chaser and I'm a lover boy. This is our Valentine's Day episode, isn't it? I I thought of it before you guys all went. And then by the time it got to me, it was like, well, I guess I'm just going to copy everybody else. So, yes, we are recording this actually only a few days before Valentine's Day. We're cutting it down to the wire, but Mm -hmm. we wanted to do something a little special, which if you've been listening recently, you'll know that we're going to do some questions for people. uh, Love questions, relationship questions. Listener questions. Questions questions from you. Yeah, questions from our audience. So, Dan, walk us through a little bit of our format, what we're going to be doing. Yeah, so we had a number of people send us some really great questions interesting and somewhat complicated questions. So we're going to go and just kind of read them around and then we're going to talk about them. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds and good. Between the four of us, I think the breadth of experience that we have will really help sort of share. We may not always agree, but I think yeah, I, you'll get a really good variety of opinions. I think we'll have very different opinions about <laughs> some things, which I think is good. I, yes. one, I wonder. Hmm. I am very yeah. curious. And, and we should probably warn off our family members at this point. <laughs> right. So I, I did want to say I have two disclaimers. One, as Don was saying, uh, if you are uh, faint of heart for anything on the more sexual side of things for this topic, uh, this may not be the episode for you. This I'm is, not saying don't listen to it. But I, I want to address Michael's mother directly. Who oh sometimes God, listens Trevor, to the podcast. What, if I talk about an incident with a caramel ice cream topping that is not your son. What? <laughs> Why? We we have he only does had, the strawberry relations right? in the past, uh, but the the caramel topping incident is not Michael. So <laughs> I know that I have the power to Michael's edit this episode so much right now. I, He's so red. <laughs> I, wow, we kind of need video for this. Yeah, let's, let's let's go right. It's an audio medium. There's no point in making me blush. Go right on. and do it. Um. The second disclaimer is that while we have a lot of experience between the four of us, um, we are not experts. These are our opinions. And if we're answering your questions, why are you taking video of me, Trevor? (laughs) You monster. (laughs) You can start from the top there. (laughs) Um, We're here to try and help, uh, but ultimately we're not experts and our opinions are just those. And you should act on your own instincts at the end of the day. We can't really tell you what to do or not do. That sounds good. Yes. So, without further ado, uh, who wants to start us off with our very first question? Okay, I'll do that. Dan, you should do that. (laughs) So, someone from somewhere writes, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing perspectives from fat folks about people like me who are attracted to big guys and what part I play as someone that's smaller. I'm definitely not a skinny person. When it comes to attraction, 
I also like to understand more about if chaser is a more derogatory term or just a term for folks that like big folks. Hmm. Uh, I've actually been asked this on an interview. I was, um, I was doing an interview for somebody and they're like, you know, is it okay to say chubby chaser? And what I said at the time, and I stand by it is, you know, it's, there's no good term, but it's the term we got yeah. in the straight community. It's called fat admirer, which kind of sounds like an antiques collector. Like they admire it. They, they <laughs> right. admire it quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, Chubby Chaser has that sort of sexual innuendo of like, ha ha, we're chasing. Get yeah, you. it does. It does. And I, actually, somebody asked me about that just like a week ago. Like, is that really the term you want to go with? Like, and uh. at the end of the day, like, yeah, I don't think it's a great term, but it's what we have. Like, it's understood already. Well, and it was pre-existing. And I think it works a lot of the way the way queer works. Like, we took back queer mm. and... I, I think it functions in that manner. So yeah, I'm a chubby chaser. That's what I say to people. I don't have a problem with that name. Yeah. And I think the people who do have a problem with that name get a little squirmy about like, oh, but I don't want to be known for that. And like, no, nope, that's what I like. Well, and it's, it is inherently somewhat sexualized. Like it, it, it puts the focus on the fact that you are looking for and attracted to chubby people specifically. And I think that also makes some people uncomfortable, whether you're the chaser and you don't want to broadcast right, Which that. is why in that straight community, it's fat admirer which deliberately doesn't have any sexual connotations. Right. It does bring an interesting context though. Of like when you say chubby chaser, I'm definitely picturing Pepe Le Pew, like just <laughs> chasing some oh, poor chubby guy around the couch. So, and he says specifically, he wants to hear from the big boys in the room. So uh, Don and Trevor, do you have any initial thoughts? So I think as you know, I think it's important for chasers to own the fact that they're chasers mm -hmm. and be an ally and stand up and use the thin, you know, thin privilege, or in this case, you know, less fat privilege you have to stand up for the people you're attracted to. And when people are shitting on fat people are like, no, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a fat person, I definitely I like, especially living here in Los Angeles, I feel like I live in a vacuum of appreciation, right? I, I am not a body type that is held up as an example of anything positive. So by existing and simply being able to say, there is something positive about these people that I'm admiring. You can't understand the impact that can have for people who've never heard that. Mm. That's definitely true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. And it's not something to hear once. If you hear once you get suspicious, mm -hmm. it's something you need to hear repeatedly. And I, whether, whether you see yourself as a smaller chaser or a medium chaser or another big guy who likes big guys, well, how would, how would you see that translating into the real world? So, now, this person is a chaser. He's attracted to fat guys. What does that look like? Well, so I think an example, because I, I mean, I believe you talk about this in your book, mm -hmm. available on Amazon now. <laughs> um, Thank you. But, you know, chasers can pass as just normal people, normal gay guys. So I think, you know, there's that opportunity when they're in a group of people and someone says something shitty, you can stand up and be like, oh, you know my partner's fat and that's not okay. And even if my partner wasn't fat, like that's a super shitty thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's not uncommon for people to talk about who they're attracted to and just being able to say in conversation to your friends, you know, I actually think James Corden is very attractive. That means something. And it's mm -hmm. not just for the chubby people in the room. It creates these ripples throughout our world where it's no longer strange or surprising when the person I'm on a date with takes my hand in public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think all of these points build to something that I was thinking, which is that when you're, when you're with somebody, when you're dating somebody, I think just on a baseline, the more, the closer you are to who you truly are and the most comfortable 
and honest way in your life, the better you'll be in a relationship and the better you'll be interacting with the people that you're attracted to and the easier it'll be to just have a good communication and a good connection with that person. If you're hiding a part of yourself, if you're trying to keep your relationship secret, it's just going to create cracks and problems. Yeah. And you know, that is a hundred percent true in any relationship mm-hmm. and it is absolutely even more true if there's such a thing in a chub chaser relationship where you have this minefield of of asymmetry you know you have one part of the couple has a lot of privilege the other maybe has less privilege because they're fat in a particular society and we're going to talk later i think about you know body issues that people might have but if you can just be authentic you're going to have a great date Mm -hmm. if Uh you are trying to cover up if you're trying to not if you're trying to hold that thing behind your back that you don't want the other person to see that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and to address just the other half of this question, as far as being somewhere, someone that's between lean chaser and chub being attracted to chubby guys, don't run on the assumption that chubby guys won't be attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I find that like for me, if someone asks me my type, I'm going to respond nerdy or jock or, you know, athletic, whatever. But that doesn't mean I'm closing the door to everything else. Um, I've been attracted to plenty of larger guys due to the force of their personality because of their brains. There's a lot of reasons that someone may find you attractive. Don't assume that their default body type is the only thing that they could accept. I agree with that. And I think another way, another way to look at it from sort of this side of the room is, um, when you're a chaser, so much of your attraction is, is hyper-defined. Like it, Mm. it really is about a specific body type. But not everyone's like that and understanding that. Or, or they are, but it may not be a deal breaker. Or, or sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even that. Mm-hmm. Like, so I have a friend who is uh, dating. He's a big guy and he's dating a big guy as well. And I think it's a new experience for him. But it's, it's something they're both exploring together. And he was totally open to when it started because of that. Because it's much more like Don was saying about finding a match for you and your personality mm-hmm. and your likes and dislikes. Um, that's not always the case, yeah. but it can certainly be the case. I mean, there's a difference between a relationship and a hookup too. So sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall we move on to the shall next we, question? Yeah. Hopefully we've answered that. Um, so Trevor, do you want to take on our, our number two question? Sure. As a fat guy, I think that this podcast is a super, super cool listen. And I would love to hear some conversation about the optics of being fat in public. For instance, I feel the need to present myself with style because I worry I'll be judged more harshly for lazy dressing as a fat man. Also, I'm in a fairly new relationship with a much thinner guy. I would love to ask how y'all get out of your heads while dating publicly with a guy whose body is in such contrast years. What with all the social conditioning about the whole gay clone idea and all. Hmm. So this is a multi-parter. Let's let's break this down. Yeah. Well, so let's address the first part about yeah, being, being um, fat in public. Being fat in public. Although I should say this is actually the same question asked three different ways. Yeah, it's, it's kind true. of all, all these issues mm-hmm. are connected. We can change the context. Um. So, I mean, I totally get that first part about being the fat guy. And then I think especially in L.A. because there is there's so much about image. And then also there is a big thing about like dressing down mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. L.A. But I feel like as a fat guy, it's more frowned upon for me to do that. Like, yeah. you know, the super athletic or thin person can wear sweats and get away with it. But if I'm doing it, I'm the fat slob in sweats. Mm-hmm. Very definitely. Right, yeah. right. Which for a while I was really in my head about out. But I feel like also there's times I'm like, I just don't care. Like it's, well, I'm going to, you know, Trader Joe's to get some uh, gummy tummies and <laughs> I'm going to be in and out. And it's, if I'm wearing a pair of, you know, 
workout shorts, it's fine. Well, and I should say that most people out there, they really don't care. They're dealing with their own issues and their own insecurities and their own, yeah. how, and their own, oh my God, how do I look at that? What if you're looking at me? I, I don't know. What about that guy over there? <laughs> and so they're in their own head about their stuff. They haven't got time to worry about your sweatpants. Mm -hmm. Now, when are they going to notice your sweatpants? When they have an issue about them and how they dress, mm -hmm. then they're going to notice their, their, your sweat nets. Mm -hmm. But it, it's always what one can't deal with in oneself where you start worrying about other people. Mm -hmm. You know? I think one of the things that I always focus on is that in my, my head is an echo chamber. If I get a negative thought, that negative thought's going to keep bouncing around to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it's exactly what Dan just said. They honestly, in general, don't care that much what you're wearing. It's, it, but you do. And so if that's something you're focusing on, if you need to dress to make yourself feel like yourself, dress, dress, try to dress like you see yourself. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. all i can offer i'm so many times people would ask me like oh my god you know you live in west hollywood which you know is the gay capital the, the hot capital <laughs> certainly of mm -hmm. the west coast yeah and they're like oh my you know if you're a chubby chaser in west hollywood and like how do you date what do you and i'm like you know people if you're fat and you come to west hollywood they're like oh i can't come to west hollywood i'm fat i'll get it. like they're gonna take away their gay car I've or something exiled to silver lake <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know the worst thing that will happen if you're a fat guy and I know there's some exceptions to this. There, there are people who will rag on you no matter where you go. But in my experience of being with fat guys in, in let's call them thin spaces, the worst thing that happens is the fat guy just doesn't get noticed in the same way. Like you don't get pelted. You just don't show up. Mm -hmm. And that can be its own kind of insulting. You know, this guy told me that he's, uh, you know, he's really tall. He's really heavy. I mean, he's a solid, heavy presence. He's probably 6'2", 400 and something pounds. And he was at a bar in West Hollywood and he was waiting to get served and waiting to get served and waiting to get served. And all the other hot guys around are getting served. And finally, having held on to this resentment, he finally slams his hand on the bar. It's like, excuse me, can I get served here? Yeah. And the bartender turned around and said, oh, dude, I totally didn't see you there. Wow. And the guy thought that's impossible. How do you ignore someone who's 470 no. pounds? It's like, but I'll tell you how, because a lot of fat people will hang back. And a lot of fat people, if you're uncomfortable in that space, you don't want to be noticed. Mm. Now, is there a prejudice that fat people don't get noticed and don't get whatever? Yes, there is. But there's also the reciprocal of that where, you know, if you're in a, what you perceive to be a hostile space, you're not trying to get noticed. Mm -hmm. That's I've, I've always thought of it as basically putting my energy out there. Like as a large guy, I actually do have the ability to park crowds as I'm walking through a crowded space. And it's not because I'm clubbing people and pushing mm -hmm. them aside. It's because I'm literally projecting my energy forward as I move forward. My personality moves ahead of me. If I'm in that situation, I totally understand that. You tend to shut yourself off. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, if you can think about it this terms, uh, a lot of fat people respond in one of two different ways uh, to the pressures and the constant examinations we get. One is to become the big brassy personality. Yes. Mm -hmm. That big funny person in the room that earns the attention they feel like they're getting all the time anyway. And the other side is the exact flip side of that, the contraction, Absolutely. the trying to apologize for taking up so much in that space in the world that you just try and shrink in and, and stop being noticed. You need to own the space that you live in. I know this sounds so California, no, it's but I true. don't know a better way to put it. To that point, um, it seems to me that, I mean, you mentioned clothes. That was sort of the first example you gave. And if that's something that's important to you, I mean, I know a lot of people like to curate like how they look and how they go out. Just everyone does. Like you tend to look 
the way that you want to look or at least the way that you feel if that's something that's important to you then i would say go for it like find the things that make you happy that represent you that make you smile when you're out in public and if that's sweatpants then great and if it's you know graphic tees with your favorite show's logo on it Mm -hmm. or whatever like do that too and Um, and i think i would also add to that that just because your skinny friends look good and are comfortable in it it doesn't mean that you need to think that you look good or that you need to be comfortable in it sometimes you need a different style than your friends which can be hard because well they're your friends and i think also the you know as especially guys who are you know on the okay so we're gonna uh drop in some terminology like if you're on the super chub end of the spectrum which is basically I don't know. Very, very, very fat. I mean, I don't, it's, it's hard to define it just because people look different, but basically yeah. a very, very fat person. Um, but so, you know, uh, fat people have less and less clothing options as its size and goes up. Mm-hmm. But I think something you can do is, you know, so you can, you don't have the same, uh, outlets for fashion as maybe your friends. But I think there also is something, uh, with grooming, which you see a lot of in like before and after pictures, you know, the fat person who's so miserable, but they could just, I mean, there's so the guy got so a shave and a haircut. And he yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, and shave it's like and you haircut. could, you could yeah. get, I think there's something with grooming and how you carry yourself. I would say dress and look the way that you would want somebody who finds you incredibly attractive would want you to look like that. If, if that was what makes you feel confident and you want somebody to compliment you, like if you're going on a date, dress that way and look that way. It's interesting you say that. Cause I, I do a lot of, um, counseling and coaching with people with like personal ads and like how they show up in pictures. And it's amazing that people will, what pictures people would put on their personal ads. Like, you know, the question I asked one guy was like, would you date that person? And they say, well, of course not, because I would never date anyone who looked like me. And so it's like, they don't have a standard. Like they don't. And it's almost like they put up a picture, like daring someone to date someone who looked like that. Like I said to one guy, I said, you wouldn't let the DMV put that picture on your driver's license. You would make them retake it, but you got it on your personal ad. Uh-huh. Um, one piece of advice that I would give, and I always feel very strange giving advice to anyone about fashion. I'm not a very fashion forward person. Something that has always worked for me. If you feel unattractive or if you feel stuck in some way, find one aspect of your appearance or one aspect of your wardrobe one new article of clothing that pushes your limits a little bit that you feel mm. uncomfortable buying at first and try it. I like that a lot. The yeah. worst case scenario, you have a day where you feel vaguely uncomfortable. The best case scenario, people in your day-to-day world may see you a little differently, which will make you feel energized, make you feel different, make you feel like you've just taken the first step towards being the person you picture yourself being. Mm-hmm. Try it, but you have to be willing to step outside your comfort zone. Even if it's a shave and a haircut. So for the second half of his question, he wanted to know specifically about the context of dating, which we're starting to get into Mm -hmm. and how you want people to look at you. Um, I think that the the part that interests me the most and the part that I think he's going to take, take home is getting out of your head. Mm -hmm. Like how, what do you do if you're on a date with somebody and you're feeling uncomfortable and you just want to get out of your head because you're feeling self-conscious is there a like for me, I think the thing that has helped that because I've had this problem before sort of from the flip side. And I think the thing that helps the most is focus on the other, try and focus on the other person. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's not always easy to do, especially if you're a little ADHD like me, but um, not just focusing on the other person like, Oh, I have to look at them, but focus on something you like about them. Just something, it can be simple. It can be the sound of their voice. It can be when they laugh. It can be, the clothes that they're wearing, it can be their eyes. Just pick something that you can really appreciate about them. I think that's excellent advice. 
And the way to to cement that, like you said, like you try to do it because you're playing a mind game with yourself. So what I would recommend is turn that into an action because mm. you can, because you can, an, an action will have to get you out of yourself because it, it's active. Yeah. You can, if there's a particular point in the conversation, ask a question, asking a question will have to put your attention on the other person because you got to think about what to ask about that you want to hear about or something that they care about because you've been listening, hopefully, and there's something that you, you know, they care about. Yeah. The other thing you can do is let's say you're already in a conversation and you you don't want to interrupt the flow or it's not appropriate to ask a question. You can simply make a statement like you said, a compliment like, wow, that is you have the best laugh. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. I think just compliments in general. Well, and it, not not to praise them necessarily, but just to get you out of your head with an action. And, and it's a positive action. Yeah. Something that that puts out a positive energy and it puts your voice into the conversation as well. Absolutely. Um, this is an issue I, I very much have feeling like I'm being judged by the outside world. And sometimes for me, there's, there are trust issues too. One step that helps me get closer to get doing what Dan and Michael are talking about is to, and this is the writer in me. I can't help this. Take a moment, look at your scene and figure out what your leading characters want, right? <laughs> your scene <laughs> is you and the guy who you're out with. Mm -hmm. He's out with you. Take a moment to appreciate this. He's out with you in your scene because he wants to be there. Are the other people around you looking at you important characters in the scene? If the answer is no, move on with the scene. I, I think that's excellent after the date because after the date, you might have all these self doubts like, oh, I can't believe I said that. I hope he didn't take it the wrong way. You know how you get in your head after the date. Oh, but in, <laughs> but in the date, I think if you do that in the date, you're going to be so far entrenched in your head, you'll never get out again. Oh, no, no. I understand what you're saying. And okay. I understand. And I think it is a useful tool after. But there can be moments of paralysis during when you're so, I understand this anxiety. You can get so wrapped up in it. I'm not saying linger in this scene breakdown. <laughs> Just take a moment to appreciate who the other person is who has chosen to be there with you and and if you're focusing so much on all the extras in the scene, you're not paying attention to the actual scene going on. Yeah. Remind yourself of that and then move forward. I, I think the way I would say that, because I, I mean, I agree with you basically, but the way I would say that is if to acknowledge that this person didn't ask you on a date or he didn't agree to a date so that he could slum it with you. Right. He didn't do this to torture himself. So he wants to be there. Both of you are hoping the date goes well. Mm -hmm. It's not the case that he's waiting for you to fail, which is how it often feels on a day. A lot of people look at a date like it's some sort of interview or gauntlet. Exactly. I mean, I think the, the what I was going to sort of end with was first dates can always have the potential for being awkward. In fact, they almost always are. Even mm -hmm. if you end up together, you know, a month later, they, it's still a first date. It's still meeting somebody for the first time. And there's all of this sort of pressure around wanting to impress and wanting to be funny. And no matter who you are, a first date can always be highly awkward regardless of the added social pressures of being a fat guy with a thin guy. And one of the, one of the best things a guy ever said to me on a first date was he goes, okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm just really nervous. Yeah. I'm like, brilliant. We can start there. And why? Cause it's authentic. Yeah, absolutely. You got to start where you are. You can't start where you want to be. And I think, I mean, this is maybe a, a scarier place to go, but if the person doesn't catch you, 
when you go there, when you say, God, I'm really nervous and they don't say it's okay. Like I'm here with you it, or, you know, maybe that's an indicator. Yeah. Like that's what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that can also be a way to just sort of gauge how the rest of the night's going to go. When, yeah. How they make you feel when, when they come back. Cause remember, it's not your job to make their first date a good one. That's not your job. Right. That's not why you're there. Can I give a weird piece of advice? Oh, please, please. Okay. I don't I'll know just how many cut people, it if it's too weird. I know how many, I don't know how many people this will apply to. This is something not to do as a chubby guy out on a date with a chaser, <laughs> oh. paying attention to the other people around you. I, I don't know how to describe this. Do not mean girls the situation. Oh, Do not wield the guy you're out on a date with mm. as a prize to show your value to other people Ooh. because then you are turning them into a tool. And can I just say, I have been in that situation before and there is no greater turnoff. Like mm-hmm. it is wildly uncomfortable. I understand the temptation in some situations, but remember you, if you do that, you're treating them the way that you are terrified people are going to treat you. Well, I got to say, I've, I've been there mm-hmm. and I, I don't find it that awful. Like I like that that gives them for themselves, the authenticity, the ownership of that date, the, the, the look what I got, because I got to tell you as a chubby chaser. Being with a really fat guy who's beautiful and intelligent in that restaurant, I feel like, wow, this is great. I'm proud of my date. Sure. But I think what Don's getting at is that when you, there is a way to make somebody uncomfortable in displaying your relationship. Oh, it to shouldn't the world. be a show ever. That's an right. mm-hmm. that's, 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 that's what Don's talking about. Yeah. I guess I've never experienced that then. Yeah. Maybe I don't know what No, that is. that is a thing. That's absolutely a thing. I think it's just, um, it's, it, I mean, it can come from a bunch of different ways and reasons, but basically, it it does exactly the opposite of what we've been saying, which is it makes it about everyone else around you. It says, hey, everyone else around me, look at him. But what, look at what I got. But would you say like, it's okay to be proud of your date? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but those like, are two think, different things. But there's, I think a that's what I'm there's a difference between that and wearing your date on a chain around your neck and like holding it up for people and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe I just don't have an experience. Of there's the, yeah, there's sort of, and it's a subtlety. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Like it's a subtlety. And sometimes you just have to talk about it if you've been dating for a while. But it is, it can be very uncomfortable. All right. So I think I'll tackle number three. Uh, Hi, guys. I just discovered the pod and I'm loving it so far. I have a question for your Valentine's episode. So I'm a fat queer guy in my early 20s. And so far, my experience dating and on the apps has been that guys are either into me despite my body or the polar opposite where they seem to be into me almost exclusively for my body. I'm really not into being fetishized, but I also want to be with somebody who enjoys all of me, including my body. How do I straddle that line and find those guys? Are they out there? Thanks and keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Uh, I have have a lot to say about this, but go ahead. So I have to say, so I have been in that place many times, uh, but I have always found I want someone to want my body. Like that is like a priority because there's something weird about when it's like, oh, it's fine. Like it's (laughs) like, it's just like, like, oh no, it's fine. Like I don't, I don't like, I, I like, I like all kinds of guys who are like, or it's like, I don't mind. Like I'm, well, I think that's what he's saying. I mean, he wants to be with somebody who wants his body. He um, just doesn't want it to be this, this bifurcated exclusivity of like, I am only about your body and I don't care about the rest of you. When I, th- I think the way to kind of have it all is to, you have to, for me, that's why it's a priority because, you know, you kind of are going into this pool and you are finding people who check all the boxes. But like, so in this case, um, you know, the apps, like, I wouldn't be going to Grinder, 
Sure. Um, like I would be using like Bigger City, Growler, uh, Chaseable. Even uh, Scruff, depending on where you fit in. Yeah. But really kind of looking within the, the round world to find uh, someone who has all of these these things you want. Yeah. The thing that I is really important to me about this, and I get asked this a lot when I give seminars, and what my response is, this absolutely does happen. However, it has nothing to do with being fat. Mm-hmm. This happens in every sort of physical attribute. Mm-hmm. You know, if you talk, if you talk to black guys, they'll say, "Yeah, I want someone who you know likes that I'm black, but not someone who only likes me because I'm black." Mm-hmm. Or someone who says, "Yeah, I you know so I, I like that someone appreciates that I have money, but I don't want them to only like me for my money." Or the boobs conversation, or the whatever conversation, mm-hmm. any attribute at all, mm-hmm. you could fit into this. And I think a lot of times. What I find with with fat guys is that everything's about being fat. Like if I only weren't fat, all these problems would disappear. And the chief among them is the sort of like you get ignored or you're fetishized. Right. Or, or where are all the good men? Believe me, the pretty blonde women and the outstandingly beautiful Adonises are asking the same question. <laughs> They're not all married. Mm-hmm. To underscore what Dan just said, I've had this exact. I, I totally understand what this this listener is talking about. It, same way as Trevor, mm. it it feels like it's eternal because every time you notice someone doing one of these two things, it's because you've invested enough attention in that person for this to hurt. There are going to be a lot of times where mm. that hasn't happened, you know, where somebody may be interested in you both ways, but you haven't really invested the intention to them, uh, the focus in them for it to be painful when this occurs. Yeah. And, you know, as as a muscular gay guy out in the world and when, you know, dating, when I was dating, believe me, I'm no stranger to being objectified and having my musculature fetishized. But because being muscular is not a negative quality, I can tell you that my experience of being fetishized is it isn't offensive. It's just boring. As he's saying this, my hand is slowly moving towards <laughs> the bicep. <laughs> <laughs> is this, Trevor, is this where I should splice in the, the 70s porn music? Or? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's so firm. Yeah, and you get this icky sort of, oh, wow, I really like that. <laughs> and it's yeah. icky. It's icky. Or And, well, and, and women and, will come up to me and do this. And, yeah. and so, you know, you're talking about being touched and squeezed. And the same thing happens to chubs. But I feel like because there is this taboo around fat and they've been trained to say, Oh, you know, that's wrong. That's disgusting. So then it is attention being brought to part of yourself that you, you know, that some people like don't want to be reminded of. Yeah. But the thing that people don't get about objectification is that it's two sided. Objectification is not just treating you as a single thing. It's that it's treating you as a single thing that you don't want to be. Mm. See, if you're really proud of your musculature and you get treated like a bodybuilder muscle hunk, you really like that. And if you're a rich guy and you want to be treated as a rich guy, you don't mind guys or people being into you for your money. Mm. On the other hand, if being rich makes you uncomfortable, then you are constantly screening out people who are, who know that you're rich or that you're into your money. It's, it's how you receive that. If you know what, so like Don, I, you're pretty proud of being a writer, right? Mm-hmm. So if a guy came out, came on a date with you and said like, Oh my God, you're a writer. I love writers. That'd be positive, right? Yeah, I think I think as a first step, yes. Yeah, like that you wouldn't yeah. be offended. No, not offended at all. But imagine, you know, but people who if you don't like being fat and someone goes, Oh my god, Don, you're so fat. I love fat guys. Mm. Wah, wah, mm. That is so not gonna work. But it's the same language, except I picked a different attribute. Mm-hmm. 
write faster, write faster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's just one, I think Dan may have more insight on this than I do, but I think when, even when somebody is appreciating your mind, you're getting into a relationship and they are into your body, you want to feel a little bit like you're being fetishized too. Like mm-hmm. if they want, if they like your brain, you want to feel like, I like body. being objectified. <laughs> when, so we, um, the, I, the objectification conversation is so hard for me to kind of sit in on, on, especially like, um, at, we were, you know, we've been at fat conferences and there's always this whole thing of objectification and everyone's booing. It's like, I mean, <laughs> it, if you lean into it and I can see, yeah. you know, once everyone's different, I am very much like objectify me, please. Yeah. <laughs> and even when I do seminars to, to room full of rooms, full of straight women, you know, and there's that conversation of like objectification, bad, you know, stamp it out. I'll say, okay, how many people in the room don't mind being put on a pedestal every now and then? How many people in the room don't mind being treated like a goddess? Like how many of you can, you know, can tolerate that? And, you know, then they smile and raise their hands and, yeah. you know, they get it that it's not just this one thing. Mm-hmm. But to those who appreciate bigger guys, and I think I'm going to say exactly what you just said, Dan. Um, it's, it's as uncomfortable can be for somebody to just walk up and grab a hold of your muscles. Mm-hmm. Do not walk up to a chubby guy you do not know and grab them. Oh, it's so yeah. by the so, belly. Yeah. That I can't tell you how often that freaking happens. Oh, I, and not only that, I have a friend who, who and he is a chaser and he has done this Ugh. and I've told him to stop. He calls it the chaser handshake. Oh, fuck that guy. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Like I, he may be listening and sorry, but dude, <laughs> but, but stop hold that on. shit. But there's the flip side of this too. If we've been together for a little while and we've, we've passed farther beyond into our communication and our relationship and all that stuff, touch me. Right. Touch me. Uh, I I need to be reminded every once in a while. If if you are being continuously respectful, we're going to have issues too. Hey, hey, (laughs) hey, Don, Don, did you do any writing yesterday? Did you? (laughs) I feel so dirty. (laughs) Write for me. Do I have to type? (laughs) Do I have to? Um, I have no idea what that I will, is. It's, it's a family guy reference. Um, I will add to this before we move on that um, I have also been on the receiving end of some sort of object, objectification that I wasn't super comfortable with, but it always feels like it comes from that place that we talked about before of like being on display for somebody like, oh, I love soccer players. I've gotten that so much, it, but it's it's always... The, the times that it has bothered me has been in the context of a person who would take me out and show me around and like, yeah. And say like, it's almost like you're on a leash for them and you're sort of their like thing to, to say to everybody like, Oh, look at like this, this guy that I got. Like, and so if you, if you, it's, it's not quite as simple as like, Oh, you don't mind being objectified for something that you like. It's also sometimes there are garbage people out there who display objectification first and they are just garbage people that you should avoid and and trying to sift through that like it's not easy absolutely and i i mean you've all heard it we've talked about it on the podcast there are absolutely chasers who treat fat guys like bellies with legs that absolutely exist it's undeniable yeah. i am not a life support system for my stomach yeah and <laughs> do not treat me that and, way and so then it becomes <laughs> like but but then you don't have to be offended by that it's their fault it's their problem you're on a bad date get it you know get and out get out of it get that's, out. Yeah. that's, just that's get out. the end result but, but don't don't take it home as something like oh it is the plight of me as a fat person no really it happens a lot of times yeah it's just you, you get to change the characteristic if you're in a different community absolutely 
So our question number four. Oh, dear God, I can't believe it, you left this one for me. Yes. Well, uh, it wasn't completely unintentional. I hate you so much right Look, now. I'm an evil genius, not to the extent that Trevor is, but. <laughs> okay. So our listener writes in, what are the best positions for jubs and chasers? Uh, yeah, mom, don't listen to this episode. Uh, also, what are chasers favorite things about a chub and vice versa? Oh, my, my, my. A few of my favorite things. this is totally a musical cue (laughs) when the dog wait wait, there's more to the question yes Uh, should we dive into the whole thing yeah do the whole thing and then we'll Um, we'll break it down do you think the ratio of chubs to chasers is really that big or is it another reason and i don't see many chasers out there but plenty of chubs who like chasers so we're going to divide this up yeah let's get the hard bit out of the way and talk about sex role positions yes so, th- so there's a weird mix yes, in the room right I now. Like sexual <laughs> positions. <laughs> I mean, so I think the big thing about this question is like, it is so, there's so many factors in not only in personal preferences, but also like body types and preferred positions sure, in terms of like, but, but there are some really basic, there's some basic workarounds. Yeah. There's some basics that are universal and you know, rounds. Well, because you're dealing in some sort of very, very asymmetrical size. Oh, it's just a very evocative term there. I'm like, well, I thought you were going with the pun of round, but I guess yeah, not. Yeah, that too. Anyway, um, who's going to be our, our brave first? Oh, Michael. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's start with like, not everybody likes the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. not everybody's into anal, not everybody's into blowjobs, whatever. Let's just start there. And I'm going to embrace the fact that this is going to be an explicit episode. Michael, I probably should have blow ex- job. I probably should have just expected that. Uh, I find that almost always one of the most comfortable ways to like start, like if you're making out is with the chubby guy on his back and you can start as the active person, right? Like you can, like, even if you're not a top, like if you're the person who's sort of moving things along to start, I find that that's almost always a comfortable place. And also the side, because a lot of times if, if a big boy and, you know, please big boys chime in if, cause you know, like Trevor, if you're on your back for a long period of time, it gets uncomfortable, Oh yeah, especially if you've got a guy straddling you because mm-hmm. you know, your hips are pretty wide. And so it, the, the weight can be in an awkward place. And so sometimes moving onto the side, once you get onto the side, I think and I'm, and again, if you're dealing with very big people or very big size uh, difference, using cushions, using couch pillows to like elevate to get things up to the certain level, mm. and that mm-hmm. and, and that and um, that doesn't just have to be <laughs> the eureka moment that Don just had. <laughs> totally never occurred to me. Well, again, it depends on the because there's so many variables here, like the the size of the chub, the size of the chaser. Mm. What are you trying to achieve? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, other things that work is. Um, when you can use, you can use couches very creatively uh, because a couch gives you levels and to put mm-hmm. body parts over with the caution that, you know, that either this is the Chubb's couch, couch that he's comfortable on. Yes. Yes. Of course. Or that you have very specifically picked a couch that is sturdy and is not going to embarrass anybody. Yeah. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't do this in the Ikea store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of want to. So Dan and I have both spoken. I'm curious. So what I, want, I will say that I enjoy being on my back. Uh, because I run into the thing of guys wanting me on top of them, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is either like, okay, either you've never done this <laughs> or you have, and you're a thrill seeker. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to say it cause I, I have referenced this before and I 
in Michael and I have a history and I injured Michael being on top of him. Oh, yeah. um, but he healed up just fine though. We I, uh, fine. I bruised some ribs. Bye. Um, Bye. And you know, Michael's always oh, adorable. <laughs> yeah. Why are you not filming this? But, 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 <laughs> but my question is this, are you actually, how comfortable are you on top of the guy? I mean, it really depends. I, I'm always worried about hurting someone, especially after <laughs> hurting someone. <laughs> um, and usually, like, there's a, like I said, either guys haven't done it before and they just want this, they, they have this fantasy of all of this weight on top of them. And then usually it's a pretty quick thing of like, okay, no, that's enough. Okay, get off, like, get off now. I would like to say, I, now that I've recovered from my intense blushing, that <laughs> there, so there's, there are absolutely guys out there who are like rail thin and are not going to hold up under stress. Mm-hmm. And then there are people like me and probably Dan as well, granted different contexts, but I like, I'm fairly resilient. And the particular moment that you're talking about, like you were going for it. Like it was not just, it was not just like Gonna teach him a lesson. It, right, it, it wasn't, well, but it's also, I mean, also it's it, a, it, there was a, I think if you had just been there, I, I mean, I would have been fine for however long you wanted, but there was like, there was movement involved. Well, and that's, there was, that's the thing. Cause if one shift of my weight mm-hmm. is very different than someone else, like adjusting, Mm-hmm. Um, I have ca- caused some uh, just in a quick shift uh, massive amounts of pleasure we're <laughs> um, <laughs> just like yeah, that because yeah. it was unexpected and a he just lost it yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, to back up Trevor this is not an uncommon request mm-hmm. um, no for, chasers love it we yeah. all love it it's just so, a question of how far we want to go big guys out there that are uh starting to get your feet wet and learn and starting to have experiences. Be ready for this one. Um, my suggestion is, and I, you know what? I started doing this and I feel much better about the entire experience. I throw out a safe word. You know what? Uh, because a lot of them in my experience, they kind of want that experience to continue mm-hmm. past the point of comfort. Absolutely. Um, and I, I enjoy being able to give that right. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to kill someone. So <laughs> well, having, there's times where it's like there's no opportunity for a safe word, so <laughs> yes, it's really that, you have to like a you safe, have to like listen a, a to Morse your code style yeah. pat. <laughs> well, you yeah, have to, like, you have to walk, listen to your lesson partner. from MMA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take a lesson from MMA. Maybe like a, a hand signal. <laughs> <laughs> but it also has a lot to do, and you know, as as the fat person, you can't adjust as easily on top of a guy as say Michael or I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a significant effort for you to change position or to move up or down mm-hmm. the body i'm often i'm usually i do what, you know, what michael was saying is like it's easier with me on top he the guy doesn't have to worry about anything and i have a lot more access to his body and he, i can give him more access to my body if if i'm kind of in that position that said when i get on top i'm a really heavy guy and I'm very conscious of not wanting to put even more weight on top of a fat guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. Because, you know, if a fat guy weighs four or 500 pounds, he doesn't need another 200 pounds, 240 pounds in my case on top of him. Mm-hmm. So. It, or it, do they? Or do they? Or yeah. do they? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm very conscious of how I balance my weight, especially, and I'm very conscious of where's the diaphragm mm-hmm. and am I crushing his chest? Cause I, and, and what, I, what this comes down to is if you're afraid of crushing a guy, no matter who's on top, it's also a matter of where is the weight 
getting, where's the majority of the weight going? Is it going into their hips? Is it going into their stomach? Or is it going onto the diaphragm where it's constricting airflow? Is it going onto the chest where it can't pop properly inflate? Yeah. And I'm not saying that chasers won't request like, no, I want you to smother me, please. I, you know, like, but, but I'm afraid of killing you. What a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that absolutely, believe me, I get it. Yeah. He died um, doing what he loved best. Exactly. <laughs> he died at, doing who he loves best. <laughs> just look at this, just look at his face and the rigor mortis. <laughs> it took the undertaker three hours just to get the smile off his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, be conscious of how far up or down the torso you're placing your weight. That has a lot to do with how long you can be there mm -hmm. yeah so, so what is appreciated that's the second half of well the i don't think we're done yet oh no <laughs> let's just well like let's <laughs> dig in like we're here and we're not necessarily coming back here for a while so let's just get it all out in the open okay so uh we have so many things to talk about uh you guys sent in so many great messages that this is going to be a two-parter Oh, part two is going to drop on Valentine's Day. So we're going to keep uh, the love going. Keep the love um, going. So you can finish all this on Friday, February 14th. We have uh, a lot more to talk about. Yes. <laughs> Trust me. The whole the second episode is packed. I'm still in shock. Just try to shut this up. There's, <laughs> there's so much more to get into. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to come back with part two in two days and yeah. uh, enjoy. Okay. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs>